0: Welcome to the podcast, Cutting for Sign. I'm Ron Cecil, men's life coach and writer, together with my co-host, best friend and artist, Daniel Penner-Klein. Throughout our lives and as friends over the past decade, we've asked, how do we find the clues and puzzle pieces that align us with our higher potential? Join us as we converse with experts, artists, adventurers, mental health professionals, and fellow deep thinkers as we cut for sign and attune our own potential, mental health, and creativity.
1: Bad white man call him the
2: devil, the Adipi call calling, eyes like the sky.
0: <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to Cutting for Sign.
1: Ooh,
3: top of the morning.
0: With top my number one jabroni. Daniel hey, Peter Klein.
3: hey! Is Jabroni the new Zeitgeist?
0: Oh, that made my stomach um, turn a little bit.
3: Uh, Jabroni is—we uh, don't know where it came from, but it means an incompetent person.
0: I think if anybody, of the day. you and I are not fans of pro wrestling, but I think anyone who is would hear, would understand it immediately because it was it was The Rock's catchphrase.
3: I never knew that that was connected to that.
0: <laughs> now we can't use it because The Rock already has it.
3: Well, its original origins, origins come from the early nineteenth or eight, early twentieth century, an Italian phrase. But, but it was it was very very unsatisfying. Like, you know, sometimes Do you mean etymology... to
0: find the etymology of something. Oh, or so to... un... oh, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Its etymology was an Italian word that meant something totally unrelated to what I guess the rock or whatever made it into. So it was just one of those duds, etymological dud.
0: I think we're going to find a bunch of those in the next 20 years. Cause kids are saying <laughs> shit okay. that like has nothing to do with anything. Oh my
3: God. Oh my God. Are you, are you one of those people who, this you is where
0: you are right now. You're talking not, about it right now. <laughs> you have
3: to watch, watch more of those progressive, uh, progressive insurance commercials about how not to become your parents. Cause one of the things that you don't want to do, if you don't want to become your parents is say, well, the kids these days, they're say, just, just learn it.
0: Mm-mm. No.
3: I think we're done here.
0: I'm done. We're done talking about this for sure. No, I mean we're
3: done with the podcast. I think we're done cutting for science. If sinus. you had kids, if you had
0: kids, there'd be some little neuron in your brain that would switch over. <laughs> and it's like I'm not learning your new language, guys. Not doing it. I can't it.
3: speak to that. You might be right. I can't speak to that. Maybe the hormones. The hormones. Like I saw. The, yeah, the hormones have a different they, they different personality, different values than I do.
0: There's a lot of there's a lot of lot to be said around <laughs> the latest generations use of language. I mean, I heard a stat <clears throat> yesterday that said a huge portion of the population now can't read past a like a fifth grade level. And that scares me really? a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Why? What was the, what's the.
0: There's Why? just not an emphasis on reading. Like we don't need to read the way we used to.
3: I don't know if that's true. Where did you get that fact? That BBC. does not. The what? BBC? Yeah. <sighs> I don't, I don't. That's, su- that's surprising. We'll put it that way. That's surprising. I I I
0: didn't say can't read. I just below a certain level.
3: And you think that percentage is more than the percentage of the people in the past?
0: It's what the article said. Yeah.
3: Interesting. Okay. You don't don't have to get snippy about it. I'm just just checking my sources. (laughs) 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 The source,
0: roncecil.com. My gripe's about, (laughs) my gripe's about today. (laughs) Light
3: fire under Ron's ass. Check. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's why I'm gonna start the Ron Cecil
0: School for kids who can't
1: read
3: good. Fuck. Um man, I had like three things to say around all that stuff. So I have Doesn't uh first matter. first things first, let's um let's uh can we ask people for help?
0: Oh yeah, please do.
3: Yeah, just Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash cutting for sign. Um become a monthly member, become a one-time member, or I don't, you know, patron. And uh, I'm actually gonna personally do a thing where our next patron who signs up for any amount, whether it's a one-timer or a once a month, you know, you can do 99 cents a month. Um, I'm gonna provide a, one of my prints, a really nice print of one of my paintings. Nice, beautiful. So sign up, shoot us a message. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll see who you are and we'll get in touch and I'll do a, I'll do a nice um, print for you. And I work oh. really hard on these paintings and they're really beautiful. And I, I might even I might even give you a choice between a few.
0: Mm, that's nice, man. I appreciate. How else doing can that.
3: people support us? Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah, please go to either description on, um not either description, either Spotify or iTunes, and click on the description. And from there, you'll be able to leave a review for our show. I know that iTunes allows you to read a written review, which we love. A lot of great ones already on there. Thank you for everybody who's written one. And on Spotify, you can you can leave stars. So please leave us a five star review if you love the show. And you do because you've been sharing these episodes and that we really appreciate. That's the, the last thing you can do. Just keep sharing these episodes.
3: Yeah. And reach out to us, engage with us, ask a question, Instagram, you can message us through anchor. You can also message through Patreon, mm-hmm. find us, uh, we put our contacts, um, you know, uh, our, our socials and, uh, uh, in the episode description and yeah. So reach out and we would love to talk about things. You got a problem with, it, you have suggestions how we can be better. We would love that. So yeah. We'll call it. Do you want to call that good? Are we good?
0: Let's call it good. That's a good one. All
3: right. Good. Man. So I have a quote of the day, but should, should we move on because we're already, we're already yeah. going through this. Yeah, Tina's we save here. That? Yeah, well, yeah, We'll save this for the, uh, for the field dressing.
0: I love it. All right. Tina's here. I'm excited about this. Well, hold on, hold on.
3: What are you, yeah. what are you searching for?
0: Oh, good question. Well, one, one interesting thing Tina and I have in common is that, and I want to get into this a little bit more as part of her part of her um stories that her dad lived a double life for a long time oh and my stepdad lived a double life for a long time
3: oh yes
0: that'd be interesting both both very very religious men um that's a very particular kind of upbringing i know there's got to be thousands of us out there who've experienced something like that
3: huh but her is a
0: level at a level beyond my wildest my wildest comprehension
3: well, didn't Jason Hanasek also come from a situ- similar situation?
0: Yes, he did. That's right? exactly right. Yep.
3: That's one of our other guests. Uh, um, good, good episode. Also one we recorded twice. Interesting. Yeah, for the BBC member, he was talking, he, yep. he un, un, unintentionally said some things that were not that big of a deal at all. And then he's like, can we re-record? Gosh, that was wild such a good conversation the lost episodes of cutting for sun we should do a whole.
1: Episode
3: <laughs> on that. all right well i i uh, would love to speak with her about um she took some projects that were one of the one project that was one of the most unique ideas i've ever heard which is a whole movie that's based around a one-on-one game with her and another person a mm-hmm. basketball so she's a basketball player She was a really good basketball player in college and she did this movie where it, it's like her and this person who she's romantically involved with to some extent at least a lot of history or or something they they play a game of one on one and they work all of their they work it all out they explore mm. they experience each other in this through through a one on one game of basketball i think the whole movie takes place in it damn
2: that's
0: so hot. i just i just think that yeah it's interesting cool conversation yeah that. yeah i saw that i'm looking forward to that conversation too
3: Tina, Alexis, Allen, you are an actor, playwright and author. You grew up the youngest of 13 in a Catholic family in Chevy Chase, Maryland. After accepting a basketball scholarship to the University of Maryland, you earned an MBA in marketing and moved to New York where you spent weekends at Broadway shows and after some soul searching, started to pursue acting. Your breakout role was in the 2016 WGN hit series, Outsiders, a clash of cultures drama rooted in in coal mining, Kentucky. Now, you are known for playing a diversity of roles and were nominated for a GLAAD Award for your work in The Breakup Notebook. Celebrated acting coach Susan Batson called you a true chameleon. You wrote and performed the critically acclaimed solo show, Secrets of the Holy Father, in which you played your own father, Sir John, an Englishman who had been knighted by the Pope. The play explores betrayal, redemption, and forgiveness through your father's secretive double life. You are also co-founder of Gina Raffaella Jewelry, which turns deconstructed bullets into daring necklaces, rings, and bracelets. The company donates proceeds to nonprofit organizations that stand for peace. Lastly, your book, Hiding Out, A Memoir of Drugs, Deception, and Double Lives, builds on the story of your play and further unravels the relationship with your formidable father, this time from your point of view. The book hinges on a moment in which a secret you'd harbored for years is revealed to your father that you liked girls. But instead of dragging you to a priest, your father shockingly says he too is gay. Through wild clandestine escapades, you discover that this is not Sir John's only significant deception. The Washington Post said of your book that you packaged grit and grime into glistening prose and that your twisted mystery is a can't put down read. And of the book you yourself said there is no shame telling the truth. All right, Tina Alexis Allen, welcome to Cutting for Style.
2: Good morning, guys. Yeah, wow. Yeah, all right, I, I, that was some intro. Uh, I think you should be my publicist.
3: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Multiple revenue streams. I like the sound of that. Uh, you. Uh, well, you're an interesting person. So that 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 that's on you. It helps. Um, it helps when you're not boring, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank so, you. Well, I. Yeah, so go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say, yeah, I I, I can't take uh, full credit for my childhood, but uh, <laughs> it, did, it did start off pretty wild and crazy. So yeah, uh, it's been yeah. a journey for sure. Yeah, you
0: know. Yeah, what's up, brother? Are you the th- the youngest of thirteen, or where? Are you I in the, in the... I am
2: the youngest. Whoa. I am the youngest. I have five brothers and seven sisters. Yeah, and um, most of them still speak to me after writing the book, which is uh-huh. good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had yeah. I had uh, seen an interview with you where that your siblings had given a statement. Someone someone in their line of your siblings give it a statement they're like we don't we're not sure if we're we're, we're with this.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, exactly. Oh. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, that was actually on Megan Kelly uh yeah. at the end of the um uh episode or That's the right. interview and um and that was fine. You know, I, I we ran out of time thankfully Megan had um just continued the interview. It was going yeah. well and um, we had, we didn't have time at the end and it was kind of a blessing to not have to comment on that because I felt yeah. like after seeing the interview, after watching it back, I thought, you know what, it's pretty clear what the truth is here. And I sure. think we just leave it at that since yeah. none of the people who, um, I had mentioned in the book chose to comment, um, when, when they reached out. So that's, that's usually the answer.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Right. It's like if you wanted to say something, that was your chance.
2: Absolutely. If it wasn't true, you wouldn't you step forward? And anyway, yeah. it's OK, you know, because, um, you know, really most of the book, um, everything, almost everything. And they're obviously not the details about the craziness my dad and I were involved in at times. But um, my family knew everything that was in that book. So it yeah. really wasn't a surprise. That's factual. And um yeah, and it's yeah. it's okay. You know, the the truth always seeks, I think, a higher level. And um really the purpose simply of of writing that book for me uh wasn't that I I needed to write it or process stuff. It was really mm-hmm. about giving back and paying it forward because I do feel very much on the other side of uh, you know, the abuse that happened as a child and all the other stuff that went down. I really feel like I'm in a position now where I can speak of it and to people who may be in that situation and not be as comfortable.
3: You know, uh, one of our guests that came on, who came on recently, um, he was speaking of how part of our brain really does a good job of the beginning of things, uh, and the end of things, but the mm. the story in between the subjectivity increases dramatically um yes, you know, and so yes there's there's probably a bunch of truths out there
2: yes and 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 um, to their credit, you know, all of my siblings have a unique story, and i wasn't I wasn't born when they were having many of their own experiences right. with my dad oh, right. and my mom, yeah. you yeah. know. In, in fact some of my older siblings um, uh, who I'm very close with you know have shared with me many times that you know their experience with my dad he was a different man you know when they totally. were born yeah. and after you know a couple decades of mm-hmm. drinking and and keeping secrets you know you you can evolve uh, into a different person which Absolutely. which I think he did by the time I came along so um, but the good news is uh, the, the overall, deal with my family is that you know, we're we're good and yeah and, uh, yeah. and it was a couple of years ago and we've we've moved through it for the most part nice. uh, and yeah yeah it's a lot of love
0: oh that's yeah. good to hear that's good to hear yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when yeah.
0: when in your life did you decide to get sober
2: well um i'm not actually sober in this uh-huh. and i think i say that in the book i'm not sober in a AA sort of way Um, uh, but what I did do my partner is sober and actually it was a combination um, of her being getting sober about 18 20 years ago uh, and also just beginning my journey or being in the throes of my journey in terms of healing and coming to terms with um, you know getting on the other side of my relationship with my dad and sorting that all out and he was still drinking he drank you know his whole life till the end and I I just sort of made a um, a decision, um, to stop drinking, um, Mm. almost, I I would say probably almost 18 years. Uh, I have, you know, I have a glass of wine a few times a year. It's nothing, um, you know, just holidays or something. Um, but I'm not officially sober. What I am is emotionally sober. Thankfully. That's what I was about
0: to say. You sound very emotionally sober.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's why I put it aside. You know, both I was becoming an actor I was healing my partner got sober and I was like you know what I don't need this in my life I got a lot of catching up to do and mm-hmm. a lot of sorting out to do and the and and the alcohol uh was just making you know an extra layer of fog that I really didn't need
1: <laughs>
3: I you know, know, yeah I've heard Ron speak of emotional emotional sobriety before um how do you just can you describe that for us in your experience of that
2: Yeah, I think it's really like a rigorous honesty with yourself. I think it's um, and rigorous, rigorous honesty with other people, Um, leading a life where you're, you know, in clear communication to the best of your ability. Um, You know, cleaning up when you make mistakes, that feels like very emotionally sober, because we all make mistakes, we all say things, do things. I do certainly. And, um, and yet I have a barometer now where I know, oh, that wasn't right. And I I go back and clean that up. And I think a quick cleanup of things is pretty much a sign of emotional sobriety. And, and um... I think also a willingness to keep growing because it's never done, you know.
3: When would you say you like, it's not like you got emotionally sober one day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What does an, an emotional bender look like? You know, back, back
2: when they had it. To... Yeah. Um, so, do you mean like when did I feel uh, yeah. I was getting? Um... Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't know that there was a day, but I do remember one thing, which is kind of interesting. Back to the the drinking stuff, I do remember because you know we were all in our twenties and thirties once. Um, I remember when I stopped drinking, you know, socially and all the rest, um, I remember realizing like Sundays were amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> like having a good like, solid Sunday. Would not yeah. That like there
2: wasn't a kind of draggy and then mm-hmm. finding my way to brunch or it was like, wake up clear, ready to go. Lots mm-hmm. of options where eh, you know I don't need a hamburger I don't need to head out to brunch with friends you know to keep going and you know mm. that sort of stuff um, and I'd say you know in the last I'd say 10 years I've felt pretty free hmm. yeah
3: Beautiful. that kind of it kind of speaks to me because I've noticed in the last couple of years how much if I take too much of a substance, then I don't have any substance problems, but I yeah. will still, and I won't even say, I never regret how much I indulge in something because I don't, it's not out of hand, but I do notice when I lose a quarter of a day or half of a day or a whole day, and really? I'm like... I'm like, like even this last weekend, I just had this great night with wine tasting with a friend with a group of friends and then had this really fun, meaningful party, and and you know, it was fine, but I lost like half a day just recovering, you know? Yes. And I was like, yes. fuck, I think my goals don't match how much time I'm losing, you know, yeah. on even yeah. if it's once a week,
2: you know what I mean? Absolutely, and and when you were then the next day, but I guess my question would be back to you: Did you feel uh, like you were beating yourself up about it, or just more like an aha, like yeah, maybe I want to make a different choice?
3: Yeah, I don't really beat myself up in a pro- well. Good other people would say that say would disagree. I do have people say like, man, you're hard on yourself. And I'm like, really? I don't feel it. I'm being nice. (laughs) Um, But uh, generally, no, Uh, it's more of just a a nice, gentle guide. That's beautiful.
0: Tina, Daniel doesn't deal with the religious guilt and shame that those
2: (laughs) (laughs) are are you Catholic too?
0: Uh, you know funny funny you should ask <laughs> I'm almost catholic i okay. <laughs> I grew up uh i grew up evangelical uh, oh, wow. and, similar. Uh, yeah. yeah, and by the way, I also had a a a stepfather who was basically a father figure because he was in my life for so long, who also mm. led a double life wow and and for for um like fourteen years married to my mom um, really. He, and did you
2: find out, or did it no, come I did later? It uh-huh. came out
0: later, uh, right. but it made complete sense. He was he was uh, a big fan of uh, Broadway musicals, and <laughs> like huge fan, huge fan. And once my mother was like, "You know, he was gay." I was like, "Oh my god! Of course he was."
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, a little, a little too happy with my fair lady. <laughs> but he he
0: he grew up very religious in the South, and in um, um
2: what choice Louisiana. did he have?
0: Well, and, and the so evangelical world said, if you just pray hard enough, are faithful go enough, away. then it'll go away. And, and here's this great Christian woman who's got two great kids that, that uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, connect with this woman and it's God's going to really erase this out of my life. And, and yeah. seven years into their marriage, he, he, he cracked and and couldn't do it anymore and, and started this uh, double life. And wow. And I I lost contact with him. He he unfortunately I think cracked emotionally because of this and got abusive with my mom mm-hmm. uh, towards the end. And like verbally mm-hmm. or physically? No, he beat her up. He beat oh, her. Wow. And yeah. And I will wow. say he was my life. With him was great. He was mm-hmm. a good stepdad to me. Very loving, very generous, very kind yeah uh, always there to will, willing to take me places do things for me like he's a good guy to me um, yeah. so I don't I don't have a, a an experience with him that was bad
2: at all um, isn't it interesting how in a in a family in a house that how love yeah. and abuse you know and mm, and traumas totally. they can they do coexist you know it's it, it's yeah. like generally people aren't full-blown monsters I mean yeah. we know there are some dark people in the world but mostly it's people that aren't getting their needs met that yeah. um, feel very desperate and lash out or act out. And that was certainly the case in my family. And mm-hmm. even, you know, with my dad and, you know, my dad, like, like yours, you know, in terms of the prayer um, you know, he went to six thirty mass every day,
1: like Whoa.
2: no matter how many, yeah no matter how many wine tastings he was at, you know, he got up and yeah. went like, so um, I think that drive yeah. to... And um, he
0: was probably genuine about it, right? Like that's who really believed that. He yeah. really was. I d- you know, yeah.
2: that's the thing when people say, you know, and, and even when, you know, as a kid, of course, I didn't know as a child all that mm-hmm. I knew then, you know, that I came to learn like at around 18. But um, as a child, I just thought he was so hypocritical because all I saw, you know, from the outside was, someone treating my mom, he didn't beat her, but he verbally, you know, was really rough on her, uh, and also on us. And so I saw that combined with this, um, hyper religiosity Mm -hmm. and that seemed really conflicting to a kid as it would, I'm sure you, you know, might've seen some of that too with your stepdad. Um, but lovely that you can hold him in that space of, you know, your relationship was clean.
0: Yeah, it was. And I, and I, it was a few years after my parents it was interesting my dad my, my birth dad and he both left my life around the same time My my birth dad died and within oh. a few uh weeks my mother and stepfather got a divorce mm. That was when i was about 23. wow and and fast forward a few years maybe three or four years i'm i'm flipping channels at night i'm i'm actually living in england <clears throat> Working for a car company there, and Brokeback Mountain comes on, and I'm like, I've, I i want to like I've never seen it. I've heard all the hype, and I watched it, and I got to the end, and I cried for a good solid ten minutes for my stepdad, thinking yeah. about the inability to live honestly and truthfully, and, right? And who he was made to be, and and didn't have access to, and yeah, um, and I yeah, and I, I you know I've not tried to keep up with him or anything, but I hope he's doing okay, and and Hmm. A, a family, well whatever. maybe
2: from you? maybe from this uh chat we're having today you know you'll you'll find your way back to a hello or something yeah. i'm sure he'd love to hear from you
0: perhaps yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah why don't
2: why that's kind of like a uh
3: surprising to have the primary father figure in, at least time wise not be someone that you have any contact with well, is there think, a reason yeah part of, is,
0: part of it is part of um is it, it just got uglier and ugly with him and my mom and
2: ah, uh, because you witnessed that some of that right
0: yeah 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 and and uh he did a bunch of f- bad financial decisions that affected my mother for decades yeah and um mm. and so you know i have i have no i say i don't have resentment for him but i but i i know that there's still latent stuff like down in there like a, a few years yeah. ago I, I did a um, a mushroom journey specifically to deal with you know trauma i experienced childhood sexual abuse uh, from a cousin and and during that experience uh with mushrooms a lot of resentment for my dad my stepdad came up Mm -hmm. that i didn't know was there i had no clue it was there and right like physically came out of my body i felt it Mm. so I don't know, maybe, maybe he and I will, you know, one day say hello. I've, I've tried to look him up online a few times and have not been able to find him. I think that's been another, mm. another deal mm. that I've, and I've not really scratched too hard. I've not like really dug into like, yeah. you know, I'm sure if I paid a few bucks, yeah. could find him right away, but.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, um, uh, speaking of, um, you know, the abuse part of things, um, if you, if you feel comfortable to, to share yeah. that, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of, um. Uh, developing a uh, script that I'm mm. going to direct and also act in. It's it's a mother son story. Mm. Um, he's in his 20s, but it's essentially a male Me Too story, mm. uh, set in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the son is the is the you know prior uh, victim. You know he mm-hmm. is the victim, but you know it would happen when he was younger. Um, you know, one of the reasons I want to do this story, and so I thank you. Uh, no, no accidents, right? That you're yeah. sharing that um, because I feel like inside of the Me Too movement, which is, you know, obviously a very important, you know, necessary movement. Uh, you know, it's sort of now we're at this place of like, for me anyway, it's like okay, but now what? Yeah. So even my book re- reflecting the Me Too movement just mm. coincidentally kind of had that journey along with the the early movement. And so one of the things that I feel so strongly about is that, you know, we have male voices, not just talking about, you know, how they feel and what, you know, where they, where they stand inside of the, the women's Me Too movement, but also where they stand inside of things that have happened to them. Because I don't think typically, at least my experience, certainly like with, you know, People that are close to me that generally they as men don't feel as comfortable or safe sharing that vulnerability that they were victimized yeah. have you have you had an experience of sort of coming to it's important to talk to talk about or did you go through a time where you felt like you couldn't
0: yeah good questions uh, um so it was by a, a person um who's dead now and, and so I feel pretty, pretty comfortable talking about them. Yeah. Um, they were someone, I, they, they were someone I loved. I was, uh, they're a family member of mine. And, uh, and I, like you said, in your Megyn Kelly interview, um, thought it was consensual
2: because mm-hmm.
0: I loved this person. I wanted mm-hmm. their affection. I wanted their, um, um, approval more than anything else mm-hmm. you know they're an older person and I was like I just wanted their approval sure it didn't click in my mind that this was a bad thing as yeah. a child I like it did it didn't come up as like I don't want to do this I'm being yeah. forced to do this this was like I like this person I love them and I yeah. want them to keep loving me yeah and and it wasn't until I was in my teens that it first clicked like oh I was a child that guy was a teenager
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: th- there's something wrong about this and mm-hmm. and then it started i felt a lot of shame and guilt for several years um and thankfully i got exposed to therapy pretty early in my life in my early mm. 20s and started talking about it there and yeah and the people who i loved around me uh, listened and they took it seriously i didn't tell my family mm. um for a long time for another couple of years but mm-hmm. but even once i did unfortunately a lot of uh, similar stories came out not from that person but just from others like it just like my sister had yeah. experienced it, my mother had experienced it like it was like prevalent in our family yeah and yeah and i think that's the hard part is that there wasn't a conversation around it that i think could have at least brought an awareness to it mm-hmm. and and
2: you mean when you were younger Yeah, when I was younger, yes. you know, I'm were a you... dad
0: now. I've got a 16-year-old and 11-year-old and and we talk yeah. about this stuff. We talk about people who, who yeah. may approach us, who love us, who 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 seem like they have the best intention but there's something sinister kind of mm-hmm. going on underneath and 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 I wonder how much could have been avoided. But to to your question, yeah, there was a period of shame and and guilt and now there isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't even Sounds ever... like you know, the guy who, 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 my guess is that probably happened to him. Sure. He was a teenager, you know, so yeah. his, his faculties weren't fully online yet and not to give him an excuse at all, but of but, course, but I don't, I'm not like angry at him and, and yeah. I don't feel like this person ruined my life or, yeah. those things. but, um, but I think, you know, I think I've heard you mention being sexualized at a young age is a strange experience. It's yeah. you know it gives you a different perspective of reality yeah. that may not yeah. our brains probably aren't ready for yet for right
2: yeah but, yeah absolutely <clears throat> well you know I was just sharing with somebody recently um, how who had read my book and we were having a conversation about it and uh, we were specifically talking about uh, the teacher story so in addition to my brothers two of my brothers there's my seventh grade teacher so um there was a wide age difference obviously she was in her mid-20s maybe 27 ish um i said to this person you know what's interesting is that i never felt like a kid like by the you know i always well i i don't know if i felt like a kid. i always thought even at that young age like i always saw myself as like 18 so even as i got older or 19 or Because I was operating in this older world with her, I just saw myself as that. So, like you, I love this person. I uh, thought, you know, was consensual. Uh, Yes, I was absolutely seduced, but at the same time, I was, you know, sort of ripe for, hey, uh, please pay attention to me. I mean, and not just that, probably, I demand you pay attention to me. I am a desperate child. That was all true. Um, but this idea that you wake up like you did when you were in your teens and you went, wait a second, this seems a little weird. Interesting it happened in your teens when you were his age because that's what happened to me. When mm. I turned about 27, 28 mm. was the first time that I saw it as a problem. Like it took me that long. Like I would tell people like in my early 20s, like I'm sure over a couple of drinks, like, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm so mature, you know, I had this relationship and, you know and i'm sure it was just holding on to i i had to be special for that to happen yeah. and then at 27 28 i'm like looking at an 11 year old like not in a million years would i go there like how mm. could that happen that that's a kid that's like a child i was that yeah. i look like that cuz in my mind you know i was you were older I, I was a grown yeah. up
0: yeah. yeah with that person do you think part of the reason they did that was cuz they weren't allowed to to be gay and and you know, have their own life?
2: Well, you know, interestingly, I think that is part of it. I Mm -hmm. think, uh, you know, she taught at a Catholic school, she lived, uh, she still lived at home. Mm -hmm. I think there was an emotional immaturity looking back on it now, for whatever reason, did it happen to her? Um, She was a person who was adopted, um, Mm -hmm. never, you know, so there, there were, there was probably a lot of operating things. But I think living in small town Chevy Chase, which is a very conservative and certainly back then even more so um, she was not going to be out. So even, you know, I don't, I don't know a hundred percent, but definitely she was in the closet and she was, she did eventually, as as my book describes, um, you know, be, get into a relationship with uh, women her own age and mm-hmm. had had a relationship before me with a woman, her own age, but it was all secret. So I think Mm -hmm. it's about this insidious secret bubble that a lot of gay people had to live in. And so everything's a little sometimes gets a little shit can get a little shady um, because you're hiding and you're, you know, everything's a bit subversive.
0: I'm going to ask you uh, a question that might be a little uncomfortable. So just give me like a I can't do this. It gets uncomfortable. That'll
2: be interesting if uh, that happens. It doesn't usually happen to me, but I don't think it will. I, I, don't think I like will. the setup. It's good. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> having come from a religious upbringing like you did, specifically with Catholicism, and then the experience you had with your dad, uh, who was yeah. living a double life, and and you had a double life a little bit as well. Sure. Do you find it tempting to lie? Does it, do you ever do you ever have this like guttural, unconscious, like I should just lie about this to make everyone more comfortable?
2: Well, not too much anymore, but I will say that it was kind of second nature for a lot of my life because, um, first of all, be, becoming an actor, um, which I didn't do till till a little later in life, I was nearly, I think, thirty when I started my first acting classes, mm. um, I was still at a point where, you know, being gay and being in Hollywood wasn't such a fit. I mean, not that it's mm. doesn't have its challenges now, but it's obviously a lot looser, you know, people yeah. are winning awards and they're out. So that's very different than what was. So there was more hiding. So the mm. career choice
1: yep.
2: continued. So the lies of, or the pronoun uses or all of usage or all of that stuff was still there. So, so I think, you know, yeah, I, I I was a great liar. I I learned that that's how I survive by yeah. telling my mom yeah. I was going to Sally's instead of going to the teacher's house. I mm-hmm. never told on my brothers. I pretended I was someone else, um, which is why it's taken so many years to sort of get on the other side of it. But mm-hmm. not so tempting. Not it's not it's not so tempting. It's it's much easier. And more interesting for me to have like a really authentic conversation with someone. Like that's yeah. kind of my jam. I I, yeah. I really like it. That's why I like acting because it's at its best, it's it's an incredibly intimate, honest exchange. Hmm. Why do you ask
3: that question, Ron? Um,
0: cause I good question. I think that I have a, a strange unconscious ability to lie that i don't mm-hmm. that i think comes from the fil- the guilt and shame of childhood the religious like cover this up thing right and i and i will catch myself doing it sometimes like why do i i yeah. don't need to do that there's no one that it needs this me to <laughs> like there there's nothing hovering over me or um or nothing that needs to be hide but i but i'm i've asked that question of, with folks who come from religious backgrounds and who mm-hmm. Had a life that was in opposition to that, and then wondering yes. how much that hard wiring sticks around. Yeah, and and because because I find sometimes if I, um, I'm trying to think of a solid ex- example in my life where there's a expectation that needs to, that that I need to fulfill, maybe a family mm-hmm. obligation but my mm-hmm. brain will say like oh tell them this excuse happened i'm like why do i like what yes <laughs> this doesn't need to happen brain
2: <laughs> yeah 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 i get that i mean i i certainly could relate to to that like sometimes um um you know my let's say my partner and i are invited to something or whatever and you know one of us are like might say well we'll just tell them and then like wait why why are we going to go there? Like we, you know, we'll catch ourselves because those are small things that I think it's kind of human nature. Oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I'll say this or, you know, but in the end, it's like, what, it's way easier to keep track of life if you just (laughs) tell the truth, you know, you know, it's, it's yeah. You don't have to remember anything like, Oh, what did I tell (laughs) her or him?
3: (laughs) Hey Ron, I got a, I got a little half baked, not theory, but, potential theory on on why you do that
0: let me see if you can see what you got and i'll see if i can shit on it or not please do (laughs) yeah
3: uh okay knowing you a little bit i think that and i know that something you're working on as 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 i am too is you know that this podcast exists is authenticity right which is a pretty vague term, like in the you know world of getting specific with requests and goals, that's not very specific. What the fuck is authenticity? Um, so that can mean a lot of different things. But I think for you, uh, or the, the way I put the terms that I put it in is dropping the persona that we've built up mm-hmm. non-consensually in life and mm-hmm. letting out other aspects of ourselves and let them interface with the outside world and become an updated persona. And then we have less separation between this outside world and and ourselves. And I think one of the, I wonder if one of the things that the human psyche does as it's going through that process, uh, or at least at certain stages.
1: um... (laughs) That's
3: all right. (laughs) Is, uh, Is I wonder if, lying is a way for you to take some control back and be something that isn't what is expected or imposed upon you all the time and that's the kind of half-baked part is like i feel like there's because i i know that feeling too and it's almost like you get to have this private little world in fiction that you're you are in control of and that is it's more connected to something inside, and I'm just curious if any of that makes a little bit of sense, or maybe you know a little bit more about what I'm speaking around and uh you too, Tina yeah,
0: it's a good half baked idea, I like it I don't know if it's true or not, but I like it. I like it pretty well i think I think what resonated with me is the is the notion of of one's ability or inability to be as authentic as they possibly can to be their authentic self and and i don't I think I'm only now kind of scratching the surface in my life of of allow number one allowing myself to be as authentic as i as i think i can sometimes i don't know if i am does that make sense with you guys like am i being as authentic as i can totally that's it's a it's a
3: vague nebulous weird thing to try to be you know yeah Yeah. and it's not like one day you just are you know
0: right and i think you got to try out a few different yes
3: and that's Absolutely. why i think sometimes lying is is like it's trying on and the other aspect of that little half baker is is like i think that as a writer and a very creative read your stuff you're very creative uh, artistic mm. level of creativity as a writer who isn't writing lying is another way to write it's oh, another way to yeah. live a character mm.
2: aspects of your psyche it's like it's got to get out
0: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. probably so
2: well i I hear both of you um today, and I've listened to your podcast now, so I feel like you both are coming across as incredibly authentic. and you know just the fact Ron, that you uh, so effortlessly shared uh, the story of your cousin and also your your stepfather and the the conflicting um, qualities of his persona um, that you experienced and you know it's also how we share, right? Like you, you can you can really feel someone's authenticity, I think, and also how they're sharing. You know, in the early stages of sharing stuff, yeah, it starts with the lies and then slowly you're just like, you know, black. Like I'm just gonna yeah. tell you my whole entire story and, and it all not, comes out. And not come out, come yeah. up for air. And then it's like, oh TMI, you know, really yeah. like, did I really need to go that far with that person, you know? But I think you know what it is, um for me anyway, is it's it's about getting really comfortable with the ownership of your story. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we're comfortable, it's yeah. it, there's no effort in being authentic because it's like I don't need to tell you this or not tell you this. It's just what is. Yeah, and the more I own my story um uh, or one owns their story, I think it's just so easy to easy about it
3: well i think there's a lot going on you know with this like this subject is one of my favorite subjects and that that idea of ron sharing what 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 he does and then maybe it's connected to my childhood and maybe it's connected to you know Mm. wanting to you know creativity or unexpressed maybe it's connected to these things But like my point is lean into it. Like that's the part of your mind that wants to live in the world and to like batten it down and judge it as I'm lying. I don't need to do that. Fuck that. It's just going to put that demon further and make it into a demon. It's going to come out in some other way, in my opinion. And so like, because Ron did this one thing one time. There was a great example of his ability to lie and be calm about it in a very innocent way.
2: It's cool. I, think I can't you're, wait to hear think, what this is about. I think your balls are being busted. Am I yet, about right? to get, am I about to get <laughs> out of
0: something? Let's see what No, happens. no,
3: I don't want him to <laughs> shut it down. I... <laughs> don't shut the liar down because even lying yeah. makes it into an evil thing. It's not, yeah. it's playing a role. It's being playful. Yeah. You know?
0: What acting, are you talking about? Tell acting me what you're, is, what you're referencing. I will. There.
3: Acting is embodying, yeah. in my experience, mm. it's embodying another persona. You get to try on something else but it's not a try on it's a tap you tap into other parts yeah. of your personality that are there emotions thoughts labels names what does the name scott feel like whoa Scott, has got my loki one of our other guests a great actor yeah. i fucking saw that guy have to put on he got he, his character was the lieutenant of inishmore and i was playing patrick the lead and he was playing this little guy this kid uh-huh and he had to get hair extensions. And I fucking go to the hair place with him. (laughs) He gets hair extensions and he was so free. He was like, body was moving in a different way. We were riding our bikes at the time to the place. And he was like, and then what happened? From that day on, he has grown his hair out. This is like Mm. 10, 15 years later. And he has long hair. Like that Mm. tapped in and released a part of it. But Mm. the part, the the moment that I was gonna bring up this, one of my favorites is Ron. For a time, I was traveling back and living in two places, and he was picking up my subscription, my prescriptions.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was picking up my <laughs>
3: my prescriptions at once a month from the from the drugstore, right? And this is a legal thing. And so I gave him my my info, and all they did, which is insane, is ask for his birth birthday, ask for my right. birthday.
2: right, right.
3: So theoretically, anyone who knows my birthday could, once could have gone. Up, yeah.
2: It's like and picked up and your there, valium.
3: <laughs> yeah in the days where I like the password password insanity these days all you need is a fucking birthday anyways oh
1: my well, god
3: they started to be a little bit like who are you you know <laughs> and so it, the, it was like mounting and they would ask a little bit more questions and then yeah. the last time I told him I was like this is the last time I need it and he goes cool and they go in and they ask him something like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they were like, who are you? And he goes, oh, I'm his brother. And he, like, <laughs> so naturally and easy. And he got off on it. He liked it. It was fun. <laughs> Is that, am I right? Is that how that went down?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, every time I knew, every time I went, I knew I had a limited amount of, of tries.
2: Right. Like every right. time
0: I went, I was like, man, I don't know if it's going to be this time. <laughs> yeah, it, was,
2: right. it was dwindling. You could yeah. feel it. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah and and finally the the farm I mean, normally it's a tech you're dealing with and uh-huh. it, and then and oh, then they you got at the, the real, end got the white coat oh you had the, the pharmacist end, <laughs> yeah the oh. pharmacist comes over and gives you the disclaimers of like hey do you know and i guess there was some change in your in your prescriptions because he had to come over and explain a change oh, and it was boy. a pretty it was a pretty you know heavy duty change and he's He's like looking at me like, "Are you number one? Are you gonna be able to convey the change? Number two, can I trust you? Number three, <laughs> do you have the authority to to, to hear experience to these things?"
1: Three. I'm, I just I'm nuclear. having. A, I
2: I'm having a flashback to um, Dope Sick, <laughs> <laughs> which oh, there was some rough scenes with that uh, pharmacist. My God, I,
0: ha- I haven't seen that show. Of her. It's really, really whoa. good.
2: It's oh. it's really good. It's intense, but it's really really Michael good. Keaton, right? Yes, he won. Yeah. I think he won uh, the Golden Globe or the uh, Emmy. He had to. He was just absolutely phenomenal. He's
3: so good. He's so good. So good. Ron, more times of you playing different roles is is a, is a hope of mine. Yeah. One time, one time at a screen, at a swing dance, a dancing uh, weekend, a whole weekend it was a conference, whatever, Camp Hollywood down in L.A. Uh huh. And I was like, fuck it. And I just pretended I was Australian the whole time. Cause I just lived in <laughs> Australia and it was fun as hell. I liked oh it. Oh my God. But it I love backfired. that. It totally backfired though, because I've told this one other time on the podcast. So sorry if people heard it again, but it's a short story. Pretend I'm Australian the whole time. Have a fucking blast. Australia is charming to Americans. So it was really helpful in more than one, ways, more than one way. <laughs> but there was this older lady and I was like 19 at the time or something. And she was like, I don't know, 60 or something like that. We just became buds. Like it was mm-hmm. awesome. Dance with her a bunch. She was great. We had like serious conversations. And at the
0: end of the, in day, your Australian accent the, I, the whole, whole time. time the
3: whole oh time, my God. I love it. the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but by the end, we'd like really gotten to know each other uh, and, and liked each other. And I was like, I, and she's like, let's stay in touch. And I was like, um, I had to tell her, you know, I wanted to be honest. And I thought she'd be like, oh, funny. And, and so I'd tell her and she got mad and I've never heard from her again. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. Wow. Tina, yeah, you know, when, yeah. when, uh,
0: when you were unraveling your life with mm-hmm. the, the, you lived with your dad, when you guys were partying hard together, Mm-hmm did you have any experiences like that where it's like, I got to come clean and in, in the coming clean, like people cut you off or didn't believe you or anything like that?
2: Well, um, I think that the pressure of it all sort of was coming down on me in a lot of different ways. And I think that was what led me to try to come out to my mother because it was all happening at the same time. So it's not like I was outing my dad, but I wanted to, I just couldn't, I couldn't sustain like one more secret. And my mother at that point was starting to just, you know, kind of, you know, a lot of like a barrage of questions that kept right um, coming at me. Um, Clearly she knew something was up. And so I remember like a half-assed attempt to come out. And however I said it, it was very sort of vague. So yeah, I think there were times where it was like, and I think for her, uh i think she didn't probably want to hear that so my vague my vagueness or or lack of a direct way to say it was probably fine with her because then she didn't have to totally absorb it right away hmm. so that was that was like an an awkward um hmm. time where i think neither party was quite ready to be an their authentic self hmm. <laughs> and so it got all jammed up um, I do remember when I was a kid once um, sort of the lies becoming more complicated and I remember once being with the teacher and we had we would hang out on Saturdays so but oftentimes I'd say well sometimes I'd say I was going there and um, maybe tutoring or I'm going to help I'm going to you know I'm going to me and a couple of the other students are going to help her blah 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 whatever of course, there were no other students most of the time. But um, I remember once being in the car and we were driving somewhere and I had forgotten that I had said I was going there, I, I, you know, because I would lie so much and say I was doing something else. But this Saturday, I'm in the passenger seat and she's driving down this small road near our house, her house and my house. And um, my sister, I could see her coming in the opposite direction on this small road. And I ducked. And later when I got home, my mother said, where were you? She was very accusatory. And I, you know, told her whatever I, I said, you know, and she said, you, um, you weren't, you weren't there with her at her house. I said, I was with the teacher. She said, no, you weren't there. Um, um, Your sister drove and said she didn't see you. And I, had to scramble and I said oh well she had to run an errand for her parents and I stayed at the house while she went that's why I wasn't in the co- it was like so confusing like what did I say I'm mm. hiding I'm not hiding and that kind of shit you know I was 12 so <laughs> I was managing a lot and um, yeah it's I think I felt the most guilt with my mother because I loved her so much. And yet I needed, I had needs that I wanted fulfilled by this teacher. Then later I I had needs that I wanted to be sort of out and get the love from my father. Both of those required me to lie to my mother. Mm -hmm. So that was very um, unfortunate and uncomfortable.
0: And did you feel like you had to lie for your dad on his behalf or? a lot longer. Oh yeah. Mm, sure.
2: Yeah. Sure. I mean I was lying that wherever we were, we were, I was lying that I was I mean most of the time I you know would be we're going to dinner, but it was like we went to dinner a lot. <laughs> you know, which yeah. we would, but we might end up at the club most nights. Like in so we'd City? end up at a gay club. No yeah. in in DC. Oh yeah. So I grew up outside of yeah, I grew up oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, like we'd end up at a gay club you know, down on the other, you know, downtown somewhere uh, Mm -hmm. after dinner. So, or we'd, we'd travel. And so I couldn't tell my siblings the whole truth, but they were very sort of getting weird and suspicious, like why, you know, oh, you're the chosen one now. Thankfully, that was my dad. Well, thankfully, but it was my dad's nature to kind of get on a kick of you're my favorite now or you're the chosen Mm -hmm. one for various reasons so a lot of us experience that mine just happened to go on for years and so it was like what what's going on oh your dad's favorite or Mm -hmm. you know so yeah there was a lot of a lot of lying and discomfort the
3: the more you uh that we speak about this uh, the title hiding out is fucking perfect what a great title
2: yeah So Hopefully we're going to make it into a movie soon. Well, I thought you said yeah.
3: that, uh, well, last time I heard. Or you heard TV not, series. Yeah, is it going to be? Yes. Oh, gonna be really
2: cool. Yeah, we, um. yeah, we've, we've, it's been optioned a couple times and oh, we've yeah. gone down the TV series path um, primarily, but we're starting to sort of consider it as a feature just because of what's happening with TV now. It's kind of very much slowed down. A lot of things are getting canceled and. Hmm. Um, you know, just wondering how much space <clears> there <throat> is. So, it may it might just be easier and faster as a feature. So, either do you, way, do it's, you see it's yourself
0: uh, participating in the writing of, of either? Yeah,
2: episode? yeah. I have um, thus far, like written um, the the treatment. Um, I've written a sample pilot as as a series. So, all mm-hmm. that stuff. I but I would very much need and want um, a showrunner um yeah. if it was going to be moved forward as t- as a tv series obviously i haven't showrun a, sh- a show before so um i would love to co showrun and learn you know uh that but i would love to just co-write and as far as the feature goes um similarly if there was a writer director um that wanted to take it on uh, mm-hmm. i imagine they they if it was the direct they'd probably want to write it and um and if there was space for me to co-write it i would like to do that
3: yeah and uh uh we're kind of like run, we we usually don't do an hour you know we got to go a little bit further this feels a yeah. little bit short uh, that's but, okay
2: i have a few more minutes it's okay the dog's quiet she well, may be I, have just eaten a roll of toilet paper i have no idea <laughs> she's very quiet and the dog
3: is dead no I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. I'm curious like just in general through acting and through being in a partnership and through like having a little puppy living life you're taking a lot on what is what's an area of your life that's kind of challenging and and fresh freshly challenging or or is up on is on the table
2: um that's a good question i'm I'm uh, thinking about my next book, which okay. I think will be um, uh, fiction and so that that feels challenging. I'm kind of Mm. sketching that out. Um, I've been looking for a way to, uh, you know, I like to be of service in in a lot of different aspects of my life. Um, But that feels like I've been looking for a way to be of service without kind of writing a book that feels preachy and nonfiction. So um, I think I have finally found a way recently with an idea where I can tell a story, uh, stay with what I know, which is Mm -hmm. what they always say with writing, right? So I figure if I'm gonna write a novel, uh, I need to be in the world and in things that I know. And I so anyway, that's gonna be an interesting thing. Um, And um, what else? Um, I think directing would be the other um, sort of challenge and what's up for me. Um, uh, I have directed, Uh, theater and I've directed um, uh, a short film but I'm going to I'm going to direct this me too uh, this male me too story Mm -hmm. and and I think that's that's going to be challenge. I want to also use it not just you know go down the festival you know hopefully streaming path with it but I'd also like to use it as a tool like a vehicle to get out there and have more conversations with men so today's kind of this incredibly synchronistic uh, gift today that I, I, you you guys asked me to be on the show and and obviously you're both men and we've had this, this conversation. So um, yeah, I feel let, like let that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I would love to, I'd love to like maybe come back at some yeah. point or, you know, I'm, I'm thinking all kinds of things, which I don't know about. So that's kind of the answer to your question, I guess, is I'm a little bit in the dark of how to, take this into the world is it is it conferences is it more podcasts and um various you know um kinds of interviews but I'd like discussion you know I don't need to just I want like we've had a discussion today about um you know things in my life but also things in your life and that's that feels more satisfying than just going on and talking about what I'm doing. So know?
3: the the conversations with men that you're looking to uh, cultivate and experience are particularly around sexual uh, assaults.
2: Yeah, and also and also the other side of that which is how about you know men who aren't necessarily serial abusers but they had a they ha- they they had a night where something went wrong and they went wrong. Um, oh
3: man, I would love to talk about that.
2: You know, and what and where are they with that? That's and such I know a cool
3: conversation. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not interested in you know necessarily at this moment talking to someone like Harvey Weinstein that has sort of yeah. this ser yeah. serial nature. I'm not a therapist. I'm I, but I am capable of being open hearted and yeah. capable of forgiveness. Um, uh, you know, I invited my my brothers to come on Megyn Kelly with me for a reason, uh, and that was for us to be authentic, loving, I already had forgiven, um, and and help other people by being easy about it, by being authentic about it, by being real about it, because you know, just keeping it down and dirty and, and some sort of subversive yeah. secret isn't helping anyone and it already happened. So we can't go back. So what can we do to help? Mm-hmm. That's well, kind of where I'm at with it.
3: Opening up that conversation, um, the, you know, to not to totally harshly gender it, but in general, the ma- male side of of gray area, Extreme being rape and sexual assault experiences, and that discussion of consent and when consent breaks down, yeah, the de- many different mind frames we can be in where we're no longer consenting, and how that relates to other crimes, you know, where mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you've consented, like you did it, I don't care if you were drunk or if you were inebriated, this happened, it's yeah. your fault, you know. I think that that discussion is a scary discussion, yeah, it's a charged discussion, yeah, and there's uh centuries maybe eons you know maybe all of our past as humans of emotion and experience that comes out through that discussion and sure that's pretty brave to and really generous uh in a person in your position to invite that discussion
2: yeah well thank you um yeah i i just i just feel like it's important because if we both you know both meaning both sides of whatever that situation is, dig our heels in, Mm -hmm. um, nothing's really going to move or change. And uh, I think people have to know that they're not being um, judged harshly on both sides before they're going to come to the table. So I think more opportunities to say, hey, there's something neutral. I directed a play called Extremities, which um, uh, was a play written, gosh, probably back in the 70s. Uh, it's basically a guy who comes into um, uh, a woman's home. She has roommates, but they're not there. Anyway, Farrah Fawcett, Uh, had played that in the in the film version and so it's very charged Uh, in the end she turns the tables on him and sort of tortures him and so it starts out she Mm. gets tortured and then he gets tortured anyway the good thing about directing that was that what we really focused on was the talkbacks afterwards so we had a lot of experts come in we had Mm. all kinds of people come in after the play not every night but certain nights and um, and that was such a good conversation I remember one night a guy raised his hand and he's just like, I don't really get it. I mean, I don't really see what the problem is. And, and I thought, you know, that guy felt safe enough to say that yeah. he was, you know, of a certain age that he was brought up where yeah. that was okay. to Not bad, but just in general, whatever we were yeah. speaking of, like, you know, now I don't know, I don't know what to do. Like I can't touch a woman or I can't open the door for her. And you know, that thing that's, come come out you know more than once since this me too thing and so i thought well he feels safe enough to say that if he doesn't he's just going to be that but now he's been given a little bit of space where he felt safe enough to tell the truth and then we got to say well this is why Mm -hmm. this is actually why that doesn't work for us anymore. <laughs> that's really,
3: that's that's cool uh, thing to recognize, you know, because I think that there's, I've noticed in some of these discussions that there is a tendency to be really harsh on people and an inability at times, or to some extent to recognize who's your friend and ally and who's not, you know, or, or the extent to which one person might or might not be. And one experience I had was, like i value recognizing when someone might go by a different pronoun and if there's any curiosity about that i just ask you know yeah and without fail people say thank you for asking even Mm -hmm. when it's like no i don't have another pronoun. i'll ask and my sensitivity that is getting to where i'll ask more and more because sometimes people don't appear to be a person that would have a different pronoun but you kind of right. sense they might anyways and yeah. that's true and people yeah. and I've been surprised many times so one time so I, my point is is I'm 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 a friend like I'm 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 a not only neutral like I I'm, I'm there for people I think that that's great I love peeling labels off you know call yourself a different name Ron Lyle you want like keep it real and like nice <laughs> don't don't be malicious but like yeah. have some fun with life like yes. peel those labels off So this one time I was hanging out with a friend and they were gender neutral and, but I kept forgetting, I don't know, I was just like on one, you know, and I just like three times in a row in a matter of 10 minutes, I just like forgot. And I caught myself every time and their friend like ripped into me and I was looking at them and I was like, I am not like the person who's catching themselves and apologizing is not someone that you need to be yelling at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And I was just like that is one of the problems there is just fucking recognize when someone is trying, you know? Yeah. And you I recognize that agrees. that guy was trying, you know? That's yeah.
2: cool. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it the thing I think the key to everything um, that you were just saying in terms of that level of reaction and anger is that for me, my experience is that most of the time the people that are reacting with that heat haven't taken full ownership of their story like we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. that they're not in a way um, fluid if you will with their story and so you're still the problem and I've mm-hmm. got to fight mm-hmm. you because you're the problem that I haven't oh. really processed yeah um, like I, represent I mean it's never person. about us exactly yeah, it re- yeah. it, you know you represent what 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 I haven't resolved
0: yeah, yeah. That happened to me not long ago where I was, uh, opened the door going into a public place and allowed some people co- to come through. And a, and a woman walked up to the door and she looked at me, and she goes, really? Is this what's happening? And, Cause you were
2: holding the door.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And See, I go, that's
2: just like, I'm sorry. That's just like stupid. I know. And I was I like, would you, it. would
0: you like to go in? And she just like begrudgingly walked through the door. <laughs>
3: It's like, I'm not holding the door open for just women. I hold the door open for yeah. everyone.
0: Yeah. I was like, who, there was a group of people behind me. They were going <laughs> to get the door open for them. <laughs> yeah.
3: The funny, a funny little yeah. moment though. I love it. I think the, some sketch comedy uh, group Put a fine point on this, which was awesome, Uh is that that length of distance where it's just awkward, too awkward to wait for the other person. But if you don't, like if it's (laughs) no, like you're either that that distance where it's like you're either slamming the door in front of them or you're standing there for too long. I fucking love that moment. Yes,
2: (laughs) that's brilliant.
3: That's
2: brilliant. Now you know, courtesy and kindness. um, You know that, that 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 needs to. You know, you know the difference. I don't perceive you. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought about that at all door, until you know. we
0: t- start having this conversation again. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. You know, she's she's working through what she's working through. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> We're
0: all doing the best we can with what we yeah. got, I think.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. So, Tina, don't call her
3: a sheep without, like, she might
2: be listening. That's right. It could, <laughs> it could be. It could be some gender neutral thing that I am not aware of.
3: and i don't i i say jokes like that with a good heart like i love again i just want to make it totally clear it's one of the reasons i i wanted to speak with you today um and just have some time with you is because you the uh, the first thing i saw you in when after uh when we started chatting and i started like courting you know you as a guest here is that was a weird way to put that um is when you did a little i don't know it was an audition or what but it was like five minutes of you being fucking wasted and oh yeah you remember as you dad? my
2: dad that was my me me as oh, my father it was yes oh i didn't know that yeah because when i did um in your your lovely intro um you referenced secrets of a holy father which yes. is yeah. the solo show that yeah, i did playing my dad so that was just him and so this yeah, when the pandemic happened I started uh, of course jumping out of my skin like the rest of it and I thought I'm gonna bring Sir John back that's my dad yeah because um, it wasn't yeah. on a stage that's why I was like what
3: Yeah, I it... just
2: started yeah just playing around with him also um having um sometimes a positive message that he wanted to get through. And then sometimes <laughs> he'd fall off the wagon and not really be able to put any message together. Well, so what, was was, me.
3: yeah. what was funny about that is I didn't really know who you were at the time. Again, that was me like, Oh, I can't remember if it was, Oh, I would like to pitch this person or Oh, they, they just yeah. said yes. But yeah. I didn't really know who you were. And I pitched so <laughs> many people. And right. so I fucking go to that and I didn't know you
2: were an You're actor. You're like, is it a guy or girl? Or-? No,
3: I just thought that you were someone who was falling off the wagon and like... uh...
2: Telling everybody
3: oh that's so funny we're like did you think i was a, this is a her
0: britney spears woman? moment no, like when everyone's like were... what the fuck is happening
3: <laughs> no i'm sorry i thought you, were you thought i was a woman but you, had long time. Hair. you know yeah I yeah, mean, yeah well you course. were also on like so i was like Fucking, who knows what this person's gonna be wearing but for a good <laughs> couple minutes i was like is this and then i was like oh it's an actor <laughs> thank god also oh. bummer because i really wanted to have the crazy person on the podcast now yeah
2: well you know what if you ever want me to come back if you want sir john on for an hour <laughs> we could have a totally That's and i awesome. i won't and i won't break character so you have to have him completely Right. <laughs> so sir,
0: you, you guys
2: think about that you I can go like to I've my instagram john. Yeah, you probably oh have. Well, if you God. go to my Instagram, I'm fixing my bra strap. I love it right on camera. Who mm-hmm. cares? That's authentic. Think? Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> um, wow. So, yeah, anyway, but you can you can see more of Sir John on those silly clips on my Instagram. Well,
3: but he's pretty uh...
2: profound, He's got a lot of good stuff to say. Too, no, if from, if,
3: yeah. if if Ron is going to kibosh the U.S. Sir John episode, I didn't say I'm, that. Hey, gonna, why, <laughs> I
0: think I said that.
3: Then I'm going to start my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, yeah. would you be down with that? I would because
0: I'd love to hear sa- about St. John's escapades and his, and all his wisdom. St. John, Ooh, Sir John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes,
2: sir. Yeah, he was he was he was knighted by the Pope, uh, so he's not an English Sir from the Queen, but he's a. He's a Christian, sir. Um, but anyway, yes, I'm game for that. I'll, I will not have my dog around because I won't want any distractions. I see if I can rent a church or something. Love- we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it from the confessional. So before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> now we're talking. Ooh, and then and then maybe
3: we can craft like a Ronald, one of his like alter egos that's just busting, trying to get out. Yes. Like, yes. On. I want yes. no truth out of you, this entire thing, all lies, which will just be another yeah. version.
2: Yeah. Uh, so t- just so just so I'm clear, yeah. I just want to clarify this. So when you watched that, you thought it was just a woman falling off the wagon dressing as a man. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm a dumb, good dumb sometimes. question. That's no, a good no, I'm just just asking.
3: I didn't recognize that you were dressed like a man. I, I don't know. Oh. Oh, okay.
2: I think I had a tie on, but maybe maybe that one I didn't. I
3: mean, in retrospect, it's silly that I wouldn't have, but that never crossed my mind.
2: Because you were just in, engaged in how drunk I was. <laughs> well, and if personally... You were selling time, it.
0: You were selling it.
3: They're shooting from the hip. Maybe they like to dress in a tie. I don't know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh my
2: God. That's so funny.
3: All do- right. Before we lose you, can I, can I share my Versace pants story real quick? Oh yeah, please. Okay. So right before Tina came on, I complimented her on her shirt and she said, it's Versace. I dressed up for you guys, which was awesome. Thank you. (laughs) And I have a Versace pants story that I don't want to build it up too much, but it's pretty cool and unique. So I was over at a good friend's house, this couple, uh, having a Saturday night uh, cocktails and dinner. Great. Uh Some great people. This is the winemaker who I was wine tasting with. Uh, So Long story short, I had a Halloween uh, party that I was so excited. Like I got invited to the part, the party, you know. And um, I'm at their house. The party's the next night, and then I get a message saying, "See you at the party in an hour." I have my days wrong. The party started in an hour. I didn't have I didn't have a costume, so my friend's wife, like fucking, jumps up. She goes, "Come to my closet." And I wear women's clothes very well. Like they fit me. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, I'm. She goes. I have these pants, and I'm like, man, I'm so like specific about the ways clothes fit me,
1: yeah. and
3: and I it doesn't it doesn't. There's no exception with costumes. Like I still want it to fit good, so because I want to feel good.
1: Yeah,
3: and so I was like, these pants are never gonna fit, and they were cool. You drank your drink earlier. They look like your straw. You have a badass straw oh, in your drink. Oh yeah, yeah. They look like that. They're <laughs> like that. And she That's goes brutal. they're Versace. These are $500 pants. I was like, "Oh shit." And she's about <laughs> to give them to me to go out. And I'm like they're never going to fit. They fit like Cinderella's shoe. <laughs> oh my god. They were made for me. And they felt great and they looked great and the reason she, and she goes, "Actually, I bought them and I re- regretted buying them because they didn't really fit me." And I was like, "Oh my god." And she goes, "How about we you you buy them. Do you want to buy them?" And I was like, "These are out of my my league right now like financially that would be irresponsible to pay 500 dollars yeah. for a pair of pants she goes i'll cut you a deal and i go okay so i took them and i said let me think about it went to the Halloween party had a great time kept hang on for a while maybe wore them around the house one time i was like yeah i think i'm <laughs> gonna do this she cuts me a deal and then i go i just can't do it even with the deal and i'm gonna and i take her back go to her house again to give them back and she goes well how about you know i'm an artist a painter And she goes how about i commission a piece for you and we'll do a trade and i was like great and so we cut this deal where she would pay me half the money uh, for the painting and i would the rest would be the the pants pants. i'm so psyched and then now i'm doing a dance performance they're perfect for the dance performance because they kind of got an african theme to them and these are these are my pants yeah and then this is the kicker of the story is the end of the story i go to her house like a week or two ago this pants saga has been going on for more than a year And they've gone back and forth between us and I go, hey, I wanted to check in about that painting and uh, close this deal this summer. I've got some openings to do some commission work and she goes, she goes, what do you mean? And she didn't remember the deal. And so we went all the way back to square one and these pants are still need to be negotiated. It's been like a year and a half. Dude, was she drinking a lot or something? Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah,
1: I was. uh, was, Yeah, John moment.
3: I was. She's not a bad at all. Yes, we were drinking, but it's she's. I never have a red flag. She's a naturopathic doctor. Like we have a great time. Yeah. But it drove. It was not her fault. It was my fault because it's a fucking something I've learned more than once. You never broker commission deals in your cups, and if you do. You follow up the next day with the details. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah, that's oh, so man. true. Yep, the By saga. the way, that's such a great shirt you have on.
3: This one? Yeah. Oh, I got it yesterday. Thank you.
2: That's very cool. I appreciate that. Well, hey, it's yeah. been
3: so nice to spend some time. So with you. You're great.
2: great what a wonderful yeah. wonderful morning you guys got my morning off to a perfect start oh, glad to hear awesome. that glad to hear thank that. you please don't be thank shy you.
0: about uh us uh helping you in some way when when i would coming in i maturity.
2: would like to share i would really love to share it's called the men's room and i would cool. love to yeah okay. you know, i'd love to share it with you um uh you know maybe once we're we get rolling with um Uh, I just set, I'm just setting up a fractured Atlas campaign so people can um, donate and also um, deduct, you know, it'll Mm -hmm. be a tax deduction, because I'm going to do, you know, good with it, hopefully, (laughs) in the world. Um, But as soon as you know, the projects made, I'll just keep you up to speed as we're moving through and figure out if there's a way to to get that word out. But yeah, cool. that would be lovely. I wish
0: there was a way for you to sign my uh, audiobook of, of, uh, your,
2: of hiding out.
0: Um, oh,
2: thank story. you for getting it. And thank yeah. you for listening. Yeah. I so yeah. enjoyed um, recording that. I have to say it was, people had told me uh, had never recorded an audio book, but people say, obviously it was my own, but, um, yeah. and that made it easier, but they said, you're going to be so tired and it's really exhausting. And I had such a lovely time. Nice. It was so simple. Had to stop a few times. A couple tears did roll. Uh, Surprised me at a couple moments. But overall, um, there's something nice about saying your stuff out loud, as we've already talked about today, right?
3: Yeah. Just say it.
2: Just say it. Yeah. Next
3: time we see you, you'll be uh, Sir John. Really looking forward to that. I would love love to do that. Probably the best idea that's ever been said on this podcast. Okay, I fucking, good. I'm in love with this idea.
2: Okay, good. Well, check, check out the Instagram if you haven't a little more, and you can always watch okay. um, me on stage as him too. Well, uh, I took in I'm... about 15 minutes of
3: the play, so oh, I, you know, saw. I know okay. who we're talking to. Yeah, okay, good. That's why I'm good, excited. Good, good. Okay, good,
2: good. Yeah, he's a handful. <laughs> and if you can okay. come
3: wasted and then sober up, as that's we... what I, you know, I was already
2: thinking that. <laughs> Five really? minutes ago, I said, How am I gonna? Because I don't want to be drunk yeah. the whole time. So, but I want, okay, I'm gonna come drunk and then I'll have more wisdom as the interview oh, goes as I sober. So that's our, that's our, our, that's clear. <laughs> yeah.
0: Tina, this yeah. is really fun. Thank you so much. Great. Yeah. Uh, and one Tina, last thing be prepared.
2: Be prepared Good. to be hit on. I just want to warn you. Oh, <laughs> I'm used to it. I'm used to okay. it. I'm, a, I'm the guy
3: wearing the $500 skin for Versace pants. Like, I yes. Know what that feels like.
0: I have been hit on by men <laughs> exponentially <laughs> yes. more than women in my life. Yes. <laughs>
2: Good. I'm All glad right. you're both primed. Thank yeah. you
0: again. Lexus <laughs> <laughs> Allen, field dressing, everybody. Yeah. You want to hear my Versace story? Oh, what? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, in my early twenties, I worked for uh, a family of billionaires, a billionaire family Jesus. and mid twenties
3: family mid-twenties. of billionaires like Liz Lang.
0: And they, they like to, uh, yacht, go yachting, <laughs> <To>
3: yachting. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and
0: they, and they rented this big yacht, a mega yacht, like, a. There was
3: mega not mega yacht where they serve mega pints of red wine, Johnny yeah. there was I
0: think twelve guests, and we all had these very, very nice rooms on this big boat okay and i and and once the crew figured out that I was like the help and not the family, like they were letting me in on things and oh, you know, nice. got to hang out in the kitchen and and all kind there I have all kinds of wild stories from just the crew, just cool. the crew uh we were on that boat for over a week, I think in uh in greece and in greece in the summer is a party scene i mean people from all over the world especially with money are are pulling into port in their boats and like getting you know tearing it up and and generally speaking when we would come into a port or a dock like we were the biggest boat by far of anything around you know and then one day this like huge yacht I mean it looked like a small cruise ship pulls up next to us and so I come out to go look at this giant fucking boat and I'm looking at this boat thinking like man that thing is opulent looking it's obviously a private ship not not a a commercial experience and I as I kind of like start to see people walking across it's so big that people look tiny walking across it and I'm looking and I'm looking and the captain hands me binoculars I look and they're all naked and they're all oh. gorgeous Whoa. like wildly gorgeous boys wow. and, and girls women and men and women running around and they're playing grab ass and drinking and Whoa. doing all kinds of stuff And i'm like what is going on over there because that's donatella versace's private boat and they're here to to do a photo shoot
3: donatella versace that's the creator of Versace. yeah
0: that's versace so she's she, alive.
3: She, oh, it's a, she, down a Yeah. Okay. So yeah. she's alive still and she created Versace. Yeah. And that's her yacht.
0: That's her yacht. Do you think she was on it? Who knows? Who knows? But her people a were. A bunch
3: of naked people. Just, oh my God. I
0: never wanted to be a hot model in my life so bad. <laughs>
3: You know, the, the, the other lives that are out there being lived and the variety of those fucking lives I think would if we suddenly got like AI downloaded into our head just five seconds of feeling how how crazy of lives are being lived right now, we would it would fucking just revelation. Revelation. Yeah.
0: Do you do you ever feel like you you're missing out because of that? That's you're a, not on the Don of Versace. That's vote.
3: a cool question. Okay. Oh man, that's a cool question. So, so it's a nuanced answer,
1: yeah. but
3: in general, no, because because I think that things are a lot weirder than we think, the, the whole picture, and I think that I'll probably live those lives at some point in time, or already have, uh, or that. Like I'm singing this song, right? I'm learning this song called Vienna. It's a Billy Joel song.
1: Mm.
3: But I'm singing another version, but it's a, a cover that's fucking beautiful. And the, there's a line in it. And it says, it's basically like, slow down. There's plenty of time. It's kind of the theme. And then the, the refrain at the end is, Vienna waits for you. And when I think of Vienna, I think of the yachts and the, that world. And, I, and I, the reason I'm singing that song is because it speaks to exactly what you just said it's like i don't think there's any rush to get any of those lives to experience any experiences out there that are not who i am right now and there's another line in that song that this basically says don't be too big for yourself right now it's all coming Mm -hmm. you good and that speaks to me what i would say i guess spiritually because because I, i really don't man i feel like i wouldn't trade my life for anybody's because i'm on my path and that path leads to all destinations.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah, all destinations. I like that. I like that. And
3: and if I do want to experience the the supermodel yacht or uh you know, the sundry other examples and variations of that type of experience some of which might be a little bit more aligned with me, then I have to attend to my life right now and do a good job and be present and feel the feelings of how special this is now. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, when I get there, I'm just going to be looking ahead as something else anyways. Yeah. So I know that's a like a serious answer to your question. But in general, I really don't, which uh, kind of surprises me. Because maybe 15 years ago, I would say I, I did. But right. I've, I've, I've changed. How about you? Can I shoot that question right back at you? Yeah,
0: I mean, then I felt that, you know, at that at that moment in my life. Well, well, good I fucking I was, call. I was I wish I was over there. Now, in I hindsight, would, I I'm like, uh, I don't know. You know, it's like, doesn't knowing what I know about, which isn't a lot, but I know what I, what I know about, uh, the fashion world or just the, the world of the elite is sometimes it's not what you think it is. And Brother. yeah, and no, and it's like, you know, I've heard more stories than not of, of, I wouldn't trade my experience for that experience.
3: Yeah. I think that you hit on another, another nerve in that question for me, or that situation, is that boy, Ron, you put me close to the situations though, like within visual, or yeah. you give me an option that because of happenstance or a mistake, I missed. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, man, I feel it deep. Yeah. Deep. Crazy deep.
0: Yeah. Oh, there's plenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's plenty, plenty of like missed things that. I, you know? I think of now, I'm like, oh shit, I should have <laughs> taken a left and I took a right. I should have gone up instead of down. Or,
3: Well, you what? you, you have, I hope someday you're able to really cast yourself out into the world and into the unknown because, and maybe you do this every day, but I uh, think about it when you approach your writing, magic happens. And I think of it when you go out into the world, because you have that individuated aspect of a human where when you put yourself into unknown experiences ron the world answers back with really interesting and lovely experience and surprising and delightful experiences you know the best example of that is when you went to italy with morgan and you all you decided you were going to go to um it was the Oster, Oster, me, Massimo? Yeah, no, Massimo yeah, Massimo. Yeah, Massimo. Number one chef, number one restaurant in the world at the time. And this is very cool. This is a good like cutting for sign type of thing because and I love this about you and Morgan. You invested in experiences that would make that experience what you really wanted to the best of your abilities. And you rented by happenstance. Maybe it was. Maybe it was you know directly by a really nice car. Yeah. And then you fucking go to the thing, you get a hostel, and you insanely realize No, not realize an, Airbnb,
0: an Airbnb. Airbnb that yeah.
3: happens to be right across the street from the fucking restaurant. You didn't even know yeah. it, right? No idea. That's fucking crazy. And then who's kicking your tires the next morning when you come down the stairs? Massimo.
0: Yeah. One of the
3: most famous chefs in the world, if not the.
0: We got to talk cars for a while.
3: And you get to connect with him on something that has nothing to do with food. Yeah. That's fucking cool, man.
0: It was very cool. It was very cool. Was it running around naked on a yacht cool? I think so. But when <laughs> I was twenty five, twenty six, probably not.
3: <laughs> what what would have been running around naked on a yacht is if you would have gone for a drive with him.
0: Did that ever cross oh, yeah, your mind? Yeah, hey, do you, yeah, you want to yeah, drive? Yeah, yeah. You want to drive? That's it? a good good call. Yeah, Did you yeah, ask that. him? No, I didn't. I should have.
3: That's a miss. That's a left and a right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. should be something. If I was in your your position, I would I would. I would remember that. And the next time something like that happens, you take that next step.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that happened to me uh, in Mexico in April where normally okay. a part of me would go, no, I'm not going to do this. Nice. This time I'm going to.
3: With that and guy that you met and invited you to the thing.
0: Yeah. 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 I met a group of guys at a, a convenience store and we got to talking and they're like, you want to come play poker with us? And I'm like, you know, old me would have been like, nope, I'm going to really? bed. <laughs> yeah, oh. I'm, I got a conference tomorrow morning. Good job. Uh, and in this time, I'm like, yes, I want to go play poker. I don't play poker, I don't know anything about gambling. Uh, but we had an amazing time. It was awesome.
3: Aren't you still in contact with one of those dudes?
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, we're friends. <clears throat> he might My even f- be on the podcast because he, he has written, produced, and uh, performed a Jungian. Based rap album.
3: Okay, that's fucking awesome.
0: Or and it <laughs> and, might. be And by the way, it's good. Like I've listened. Well, to that's it, what I was like, going to say. It might I'm be like, terrible. This is good. I'm. I was. I thought it was going to be bad when he was kind of describing that list. And I was like, shit, this is actually really good. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's like two worlds that are awesome, but when you combine them, it's a like, no. Like when yeah. you when, like that word word smith lady, and you're like, yeah, it's old old lady rap, you know, <laughs> and not in a good way well that was a great conversation I thought Tina is uh, she's a person of action and I and an idea and ideas turn to action I like that in people you know she she seems to walk the talk
0: her character Sir John based on her dad I I actually feel like I've met him really like I've been somewhere in England and I had a conversation with him that's how authentic that feels
3: are we having him on the podcast
0: only, only if I can also be an alter ego, and I would, I would recommend that you do too. It's a special no, I, episode I'm where not. all three of us. No, no, are... no, no. Someone's
3: got to hold it down. No, <laughs> no.
0: I, I can, I,
3: I think that you would not be able to do it. I don't. You think don't you think I do could?
0: No. You don't think I could stay an alter ego? No,
3: you're basically she. She's a professional actor. She knows how to do this. Yours is going to come off hmm. very amateur. It's not going to work.
0: I'm pissed off at you. I'm just,
3: I'm just watching the red come up. Your You're right. She is a professional actress. I just. But to just guess so who's a professional liar?
0: <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're
3: talking, Ronnie. There's Ron. Ron. There's Ron. Ron. No, if you think you can pull it off, I support that. One. Oh, it, would, it would thousand. be
0: really hard to do. I bet. To, to well, I don't want to, to scare you off. As I, a non-actor. I,
3: I mean, I don't want to scare you off, dude. You you have an ability around stuff like that that surprises me. You're a natural, you know? So I was totally joking. I think that if you can come up with something, it doesn't even have to be that complicated and just do it. Be your dad. You know, I don't know.
0: Uh, I, I, whenever I buy tickets to the Arlene Schnitzer Theater here in town, which is our highest, you know, nicest theater. Actually, we have two of them. Either one, that one or the... um, I forget the name of the other theater whenever i buy tickets it asks for um uh a title mr ms this is mm-hmm. whatever and you can write anything
3: oh you're thinking of the armory uh
0: no there's another downtown, one. downtown? yeah downtown downtown no
3: the armory the fucking super nice
0: not the one no that's uh that's by that's by um uh it's could, oh
3: yeah that's not the one you're
0: thinking of no no i'm talking oh. there's one on broadway and Copy then there's that. one more gotcha. downtown downtown anyway uh where, where morgan and i saw um uh, yeah moulin rouge the other day yes my title when i go see performing arts is lord so when i show up i'm lord ronald benson cecil II, and i fucking love the call but the the will call reading my title to me they asked me lord ronald i go yes Okay, how about this? Here you are.
3: How about this? They'll say it. They say Lord Ronald. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) See, that's great. I love that. That's a good healthy lie. That's a good that's good. No, man, come on sometime and and, or maybe we can do it just privately. Practice, practice your your alter ego. I fucking love that.
0: Okay. So that
3: that Tina episode is gonna be. I might have to have a glass of wine or something man cuz that's going to be nerve I'm going to be so nervous.
0: Her Sir John is an intense uh yeah, fella. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And and just knowing that we're playing, you know, it's it, it brings out this little kid in me that's like doesn't really know how to live in the world, you know, and yeah. I just it, that's going to be so healing for for me. I know that that's make it too weird, but it is. Yeah.
0: Do you have an alter ego that you'd like to bring?
3: Fuck, man, I wouldn't know.
0: The Australian, the Irish, your Irish accent's pretty good.
3: Oh, I do want to do Russian. So uh, we could be Russian. We could be Russian. You Russian, I will come Russian.
0: Hmm.
3: I would be a Russian person. <laughs> I drink my vodka. I be Russian. I discover what Russian Daniel like.
0: <laughs> vodka. Very vodka. nice.
3: Vodka. Yeah, I'll do that. Australian, or I could do Australian probably be a little bit more of a dick, but I don't know. Maybe it'll feel good.
0: It's plausible hearing, uh, hearing your Australian accent. It's plausible. Uh, dude, what did the lady say? What did she say when you were like, Hey, I'm not Australian.
3: I can't remember. I think I, I think I, uh, oversold it a little bit by saying she was pissed. I just remember it being an awkward moment and not what I expected. Like she was really disappointed.
0: Did yeah. you did you guys have any more relations than dancing? Was that part of her pain? Well, you guys had an experience I, beyond. Dancing? I
3: appreciate you thinking I could be so mature as to be a nineteen-year-old getting together with a sixty-year-old. Yeah, but that was not within my wheelhouse. No, it was not a it was not an attractive attraction thing, a sexual thing. It was, I just liked her; she was cool. Yeah. Alright, my man. Alright, dude.
0: Get get to thanks uh your, for, your thanks for bringing year. all that pain up. <laughs> Happy to. Happy to. <laughs> I love you. Love you
3: too, man.